0: The Decibel Geek Podcast with Aaron Camaro and Chris Sinzak. Welcome back to
1: the only show with an eighth degree black belt in heavy metal. This is the Decibel Geek Podcast. My name is Aaron Camaro, joined as always by our own personal sensei of rock and roll, Chris How's it going? It's going fantastic, man. I'm so excited for today. We've been wanting to do this forever, and we've got a super special guest, a man that's a four-time judo Olympian. I'm telling you, we're going to kick a lot of butt today with our good friend Jason Morris.
2: Yeah, excited. We met Jason at the Atlantic Kiss Expo right around a year ago yeah. and uh, mentioned that he liked the show and everything and, and has great taste in music, as you're going to hear today. He's going to do his six songs that he thinks you should hear. Yes. And uh, we're excited to check that out, but first we got to knock some business out.
1: Yeah, taking care of the business. You know how we do it. We take a look at our reviews and recommendations. we got a couple here this week I'm going to take a look at. Let's do this one right here. It's uh, entitled Gold Standard. It's an iTunes review comes to us from Brad Dunnick in Canada. That's cool. awesome. It goes a little something like this. By far the gold standard in music podcast to which all others must strive to match. A great mix of tunes and friendly in-depth banter between the hosts and guests. Each episode is a treasure trove of rock nuggets and information rarely heard elsewhere and leaves the listener with a new appreciation for the artist or genre being profiled. Keep it up and keep the rock in the roll. That's awesome, man. What a great review. See, that's perfect. Somebody reads that and goes, I gotta listen to this show. What is it, Decibel Geek? I gotta check that out. And then and then they fall in love with us too. See the beauty of it. We got another one here. It's a Facebook recommendation. Comes to us from Darren McComb. And this is a good one. Short, sweet, to the point. Says this: "Great show! You guys are in a class by yourselves. Not a wannabe bunch of butt kissers."
2: Wow, huh? I wonder who that could be. Who's about. he referring to? Butt
1: kissers. I don't know. Kiss.
2: Yeah. Hers. Well, anyway.
1: Well, those are awesome, man. <laughs> We like uh, those great yeah. reviews, and of course, you know, we had a lot of fun last week speaking about Kiss. Yeah,
2: we were speaking about Kiss. Yeah, the New Noise Kiss edition certainly went over well. Had a, a lot of great discussion come out from that. And uh, I'm always
1: blown away by how much people love the New Noise episodes.
2: Yeah, because they're just they're very topical. So, like you know, years down the road, they may not be that interesting to hear. But uh, they're a lot of fun in the time. Uh, in, but the fun. Yeah, and the the we have fun doing them because it's just we get to kind of kick back and just share our viewpoints on yeah. stuff.
1: And everybody, a lot of other people dug it too. Sparked yep. a lot of conversation on the Facebook page, mm-hmm. and that's what it's all about.
2: Yeah, we appreciate that. So uh these are the geeks of the week this week. These are the people that shared on Facebook and retweeted on Twitter. Last week's new Noise Kiss Edition, the Geeks of the Week this week are Anthony Britt Joe Royland, Since Been with Joe, Ross Feichert, De- Decibel Geek TV, Ron Runyon, Steve Wright, Kevin Williams, Joseph Capone, Aaron Camaro shared it. Thank I you. did Matt Porter, Matt Ashcraft, James Brendan Dunn, Aaron Baker, David Cathy, Andrew Jacobs, Bill Elam, Simon Cat, Shay Hargett. Chuck Noseworthy, Trevor McDougal, Andy Lafon, Mike Parnell, Rob Webb, Wayne Cross, Joe Snow, Adam Cox, James Nicholson, Brant Cattell, Mike Tyler, Otto Erland Gregerson, Rodney Dixon, Brennan Barrier, Mark Alden Taylor, Chris Aiken, Greg spicoli Renault, Todd Cunningham, Rich, Canamar, Sean Cullen, Mikhail Burrell, Shane Aber, Monty, Twisted Kister, Rodney Barrington, Digital Kill the Radio, Star, David Hudson, Jeff Mendenhall, Bipolar, Billy Tom Smoke, Christopher Stokes, Shane Aber, Alex Thorne, Eladio, and of course, The Mooger Fooger. That's quite a mouthful this week.
1: Yeah, it is. That's great. We love it when people share and retweet the show. So many of you did it last week. I hope a lot of people do it today because, man, we're going to have some fun. Today, our guest is a man who's got the look in his eye, the look of a true champion.
2: You're going to reference that album again?
1: And he is one. This is very cool. So we're talking about a true champion today, a man that's so cool, he's got his own street named after him in his hometown. Yeah. And all that. And he's a rock and roller. He's one of us for sure, man. We're so glad you're here with us today.
3: Thanks for having me. I love the show.
2: So let's get a little background on you, so we can you know introduce you to the listeners. Um, we we met you in Atlanta, and uh, you basically shocked us because you know you listen to the show, but it turns out you know you're you're a pretty well versed Olympian in judo. And uh, you know how does how does the story go? Like did you get into that at a very young age?
3: I did. I saw a demonstration when I was eight. And once I saw guys flying through the air, I was hooked. And next thing you know, I was down the road of trying to be a part of the Olympics.
1: That's so cool, man. I got to imagine it takes a lot of training and dedication to get from that point to where you ended up.
3: You know, it did, but I, don't, I loved every minute of it. I loved the grind. Um, it's probably a lot like what you guys do to a degree where, you know, there's a lot of headaches of, of technical stuff, but you really enjoy what you do. So, you know, you put in tons and tons of hours and you put out a nice product, but you enjoy most of it. I, I, it seems like that anyways from listening to you guys. So it's kind of the same for me. I put in a ton of work, but I loved it. Loved the grind. Loved beating the crap out of myself every night. And the thrill of victory, I did defeat all of it. it. was great.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah, that sounds just like podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> well, which, which Olympics did you participate in?
3: I was in... Eighty-eight, ninety-two, ninety-six, two thousand, and then I was the coach in two thousand eight in Beijing.
2: That's nice. A, that's amazing, man! Congratulations. Thank you.
3: And all through it, uh, I had my trusty Walkman, yeah, Walkman yeah. and speakers, right? Sure. All the time, I never went anywhere. In fact, a lot of guys didn't want a room with me because I always played it. Uh, you know, I had my the two speakers hooked up to the Walkman, and I played it constantly in the room. That's
2: nice. Cool. Did you have certain uh, bands that you would blast to kind of get you pumped up for your competitions?
3: You know, it it varied. I was very into uh, a lot when when I had a lot of downtime. Um, when I did have downtime, and I was I had an opportunity to go to the you guys probably remember going into the used record stores, mm-hmm. flipping through the albums, and, and and finding new music by just the the view of the guys. You know, if they had if they had a certain look, you tried them out. Yeah. And just keep trying to find new music. So one band that just has one awesome song um and then that that one particular sticks with you. Kind of like uh like autograph, right? That turn up the radio song for example. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't have a huge catalog of quote-unquote pump me up songs, but yeah. that one song, you know, it just kills it.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it does. That's cool. Well, um so you know, and obviously you grew up a big rock and metal fan, so uh, like who were some of your some of your favorites growing up? Well
3: my quick interesting story was how this came to be and I bet you there's a lot of people that had this particular story. My dad had at the time what I thought was a big collection of records but it was it was pretty eclectic and but one of them was Jesus Christ Superstar.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: And that thing just spoke to me. I used to put it on and crank it in my headphones and you know it rocked. And the crunch and the and the screaming vocals and from there my mom bought me Kiss Rock and Roll Over, which was my first rock and roll record. Nice. And then from there went into Deep Purple which lead, led me into Ian Gillen who, guess what, he was the, uh, one of the leads in Jesus Christ Superstar. No wonder I liked it.
2: <laughs> oh, wow. That's cool.
3: I don't know if you guys knew that. I I mean, no, he, did I don't, not. I, I don't think, he, he wasn't Jesus Christ, but he was one of the other characters in that, uh, in that rock opera at least on the album. I don't, I don't know if he acted in the show or not, but it was Ian Gillen was my first screaming rock and roll vocal that just spoke to me from then on and i you know i must have been i don't know 7 years old nice wow. that's awesome
2: well with your um with your experience in the olympics i mean obviously you get a, you definitely get a good bit of notoriety with that did you get to cross paths with any of you know maybe some of your musical heroes through all that
3: you know it, it hasn't been till recently as i kind of ramped up my hobby since i'm not a competitor anymore right that mm. that i i've Crossed a lot more paths with a lot of these guys, and and as you guys know, a lot of the guys aren't quote unquote rock stars anymore. So they're much more accessible, mm. and they understand the business, and they're much more accessible to guys like us, and actually are nice guys as opposed to being wrapped in that superstar rock star bubble. And you know, I was in it as well as a, as a competitor, but I was never so famous that I wasn't able to. Uh, I didn't lost of who i was because i wasn't that famous right so i I think i had a i had a a a nice medium amount of fame where it was very manageable and i never became in that bubble so uh it was it's interesting that you you ask about the rock guys but that came later meeting them i met more you know athletic people during my career
2: didn't you get to do an event with gene simmons recently i did one of his vaults okay
3: I you know, I went down and I paid my money just like everybody else and it was a fantastic event. It was the one in uh in New York City. I happened to have an event in New York at the same time, so I was already down there. Oh, okay. And I I just managed to swing it and um people ask me this a lot too about the money and this is how I justify that stuff. If I'm gonna spend money on something, hey, you know, I've been listening to Kiss and other bands for so many years, it meant so much to me. To Iota guys. You know, I got something out of it too, right? So sure. I got to go and uh you know, uh I gave this was kind of fun. I, I went in my judo uniform and I uh I gave him a an honorary black belt. Oh so
4: nice. I,
3: I promoted him to a <laughs> to a black belt, gave him a certificate. You know, he had the belt on. So it was pretty it was pretty cool. Uh that is and, super you know,
2: cool. I wonder if we're gonna he see it. We'll see a line of uh, Gene Simmons themed uh, karate geese. (laughs) (laughs) Jason would wear one, (laughs) yeah,
3: for sure.
1: So I guess then that begs the question: with your judo coaching knowledge, who would win in a fight if the gloves really came off? Ace Fraley or Gene Simmons? Oh, Gene, yeah,
3: (laughs) dude. Ace is a skinny little guitar player. I mean, uh, Gene is actually Gene was quite. was showing some moves uh he actually knew a couple names of judo throws believe it or not and he did a couple on me now he didn't he didn't throw me but he knew something of that and um i'm gathering that he probably picked something up when when they toured japan and judo's big in japan so he might have picked something up there he 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 was quite knowledgeable about some of the arts
1: that's interesting that's very cool i never knew that about him me either yeah
3: and i was you know i don't get starstruck too often but i just kind of shut my mouth and let gene talk and
2: he was good at that. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he always has been <laughs> That's a trip so That's very cool. so you it was got, a, lot of, a lot of fun so you you got six songs you picked here, and uh, we just and just give us the story on the first one and uh, why you picked it
3: well I, this is the kind of the way I, I uh, envision this little thing. Uh, I mean there's so much so many amazing songs by so many acts. I mean I could pick thirty songs from Deal alone. <laughs> and I could be happy, happy with that. So I kind of, this was kind of more of a, a amalgamation of my taste. Mm-hmm. So now this is interesting. I became good friends with the 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 Hard Light singer Johnny Giuelli long after I knew about him as a band, and he's the one that came, um, and he sang live at my street dedication when they when they named that street after me. So that, that is was so cool. Uh, uh, re- Real highlight for me in my in my life. It was really fantastic. Oh, but, I bet. So I, I mean, picked, you, uh,
1: not only do you find out their name in a street after you, but hard the guy from Hardline is going to be there rocking and playing for you too at the same time.
3: And let me tell you something. He sounded better than the album. I I, I couldn't believe it. He, he's Such a pro. And I didn't know any of that. I just I know I liked his music from years ago, and I've been listening to it for years. So I had no idea what you know what he was as a person. Uh, but he he was. Just unbelievable. Great guy. And we still talk now. And uh, I don't know if you know, but he does a lot of uh, business in Europe with his band. And he's bored a lot when he's on the road, right? So we text all the time.
1: That's cool. Did you have a hand in picking them for that?
3: Of course. I texted him. I said, once I knew the street thing was going to happen, I just said, what the hell? You know, I'm going to reach out because I I wanted to make it a big event, you know, for the whole town. Right. And I knew I was going to have some sort of entertainment. So right off my head, I was like, you know what? I'm going to reach for the stars and see if I can't get Johnny to come down. I never thought in a million years that he that he would do it. And within five minutes, he texted me back. Uh-huh. Then it was like, uh-oh! Now what do I do? He's actually going to come. Now I got to set it up. <laughs> so it was it was, uh, it was very exciting, but uh, very nerve wracking too, because I had to make sure that there was a band behind him. You know, he wasn't going to come with his band. Yeah. He uh he lives in he lives in Connecticut, so it wasn't a big deal for him to drive. But I had to make sure everything was set up and, you know, I can't believe it. He came and sang with guys he'd never spoke with. Well, he spoke to, to uh, my other friend who has the band. Uh, his name is Dan Watts. He was the guitar player. They spoke briefly, but he came. They practiced a couple songs and then were off and running. I could, I could not believe my ears. It was phenomenal.
2: That's awesome. That's cool. So what song by Hardline are we going to play today?
3: So it's called uh, Dr. Love and it's from that first record, Eclipse. And uh, for that particular pick, I mean, Johnny's got the great rock voice and that kind of had the song represents kind of the, you know, mid 80s to late 80s hard rock crunch, but not quite, you know, I guess what we call it now is metallic metal Mm -hmm. or metallic hard rock. But that kind of represents a a great sound that that I really like.
2: That's a good song, and that album, That's that whole album's really great. It's it, If only it had come out a couple of years earlier, I think it would have been pretty huge. Oh, yeah.
3: I've been listening to a, a little bit recently about, um, which we all know, that the, the rock and roll world, you know, the music that we like just dropped off the face of the earth, you know, pretty much because of the grunge scene, mm-hmm. and it, it's pretty amazing how fast the bottom dropped out for those guys, because we were still here, right? We still liked that music. I didn't... I hated grunge when it was coming out. I didn't like it. I still liked what I liked. Right? Like, where did all the fans go? We didn't go anywhere. That's why it's just so it was so bizarre that it just it just died. You know, guys. You know, bands like uh, the Hardline, Warrant, they all had like two records, maybe three, and then they were just dead.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah, I guess it just kind of speaks to how many people were there just because it was popular, and how many of the rest of us, the people that are still listening to this show and listening to their favorite band's albums, were true fans that really loved it for what it was and just weren't going to change with the times or change with whatever's popular. But we're the minority.
3: I guess so. I mean, most people will say, like, for example, ACDC keeps making the same song over and over again. That's what I want. Yeah, I want ACDC... To play, you know, make rock and roll train again and and over. And then I love it. I don't want them to do a, a grunge record or a no offense to the Kiss Guys, a carnival of souls. I, mean, <laughs> yeah. I don't want that. I want my guys to rock. I want them to do what they do. I understand why they do it. I get all of it, both sides. But me personally, I like a band how I like it. And that's the way I want it to, to run into the end zone forever.
2: Awesome, right? I can dig that. So we're off to a good start with Hardline. What's your? Yeah, what's I your like ne- that. What's your next choice? Ronnie
3: James Dio is the heavy metal singer of all time. It's crushing that he's not here anymore. I would have loved yeah. to have met him. I listened to a lot of uh, his interviews, and uh, he seems like such a great guy. And uh, I just I, I love his attitude toward everything. But I mean, above all, how could you not like everything from Elf, the Rainbow, to Sabbath? And then, of course, Dio. Right. So this, is the pick song I picked, "Cold Feet," is probably not a, a one everyone knows, but it really rocks.
2: Oh, that Killing the Dragon album is, is a great one. Yeah, it the is. whole that's from start to finish. And Doug Aldrich is great on the guitar part. Yes, yes.
3: Uh, I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, I think it was pretty uh, underrated in the mainstream, but not certainly not you know your Dio disciples like us. I love Dio. The only the only album I never really gravitated to was Angry Machines, mm. and, and, and they were trying to do something different there. But hey, that's okay. They they did that.
2: That's his Carnival of Souls. Yeah,
3: right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good point. Good point. Yeah. If you were stuck on an island and you could only bring one band with you or one person it, for me it would be deal his catalog is so extensive and it rocks so hard you know, all the way back to even the elf stuff it would be deal
2: yeah he's like you said he needs no introduction he's definitely one of the greats shoot yeah right.
1: mighty one.
2: So, we had a whole fun filled, fun filled December with that. Yeah, we did two full episodes on him.
3: Oh, you did? I'll have yeah. to go back and catch up on it. I was in LA all December, so I was kind of checking. Not that they don't have uh, computers and, and phones. And, and, and...
2: Likely story. <laughs> right, right? Yeah, I'm out of town. Oh, you really? I
3: don't have phones out of town? Right, yeah.
2: yeah. We're the one show you can take everywhere. That's <laughs> what Geek is outlawed out there. Sorry, guys. Now, no, your, uh, your next choice is Ed Guy.
3: This band I discovered like 10 years ago, I still consider them kind of a newer band, even though they have a huge catalog. And the the lead singer, this guy Tobias Samet, he's got another project called Aventasia. Yeah, they're great too. And so he's got got about 20 albums. So their catalog is absolutely huge. And I love it. I love all their stuff. It's I, I, I don't know how you would qualify their. How would you guys qualify this music? Uh, I don't know. It's I,
1: it's hard to really nail it down because I've heard, I haven't listened to everything Ed Guys ever done. So like you said mm. it seems like they got a million albums. But the stuff that I hear, I mean, sometimes it's like European power metal. Or, sometimes it reminds me of like glam rock. I, and I mean, there's all kinds of different stuff mixed in mm-hmm. within this one thing that is Ed Guy, I think.
2: Maybe a melodic power metal. That's
3: a good way to put it. Maybe you guys know this. What the hell does Ed Guy stand for? No I think idea
2: what um, that means. <laughs> no. I did. I played one of their songs a couple of years ago, and I think I read up on it. It was. I think it would. They named it after a teacher that they had in high school or yeah, something. I think I remember you saying that one time. Yeah, I don't know if that was his name or they just called him Ed Guy, but it was. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was named after a person, but I don't remember who. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's cool these guys
3: rock I love the screams of Tobias and then there's just so many parts to each song and they're they're epic and then they rock and uh, it's all over the place and it's, right. uh, it's phenomenal this faces of the darkness one was a good representation of that thing because it's you know it starts off one way yeah. it rocks and then it goes in another direction it has all these uh, you know intricate parts and they seem to be like really queenish type musicians uh, and that's almost a falsetto, you know, singing part. Right, but, but the,
1: musically, I could see that.
3: Again, I'm not a musician, so I don't know. It just sounds great to my ears. There
5: in the distance, you don't see anything, and anything is what key.
2: Great stuff.
3: So, White Thick, another DL thing, right? <laughs> need, need you say more. I mean, it, this gives yourself, back in the day, you could consider this heavy metal, but probably not a lot of people have heard this song, right? Uh Lay Down Your Love. It's kind of newer, but it brings out You're Still in the Night, Slide It In, all the heavier songs that uh, maybe that is more well-known. And then, you know, David Coverell's Wailing on this, Really, is a good representation of uh, of that group, plus my enjoyment of the the heavy heavy stuff. Lay down
4: your love, lay it down on me. Lay down your love, lay it down on me.
2: And this one kind of had a zeppelin feel, kind of a Black Dog-type sound to it to me. And uh, more Doug Aldrich on yeah. guitar, so you have Doug Aldrich on two of your picks today.
3: That's interesting, and that's deeper than I would even, I would even realize. But that maybe there's something there, right?
2: Yeah. Right, I'd say
1: so. That's a good thing. I like to get
3: daisies, too. So, you know, uh, maybe there's something about his playing.
1: Yeah, well, he's a and phenomenal player. There most definitely is. Yes. That's very cool. Yeah, I love that stuff. When I was younger... I always had a hard time getting into White Snake because it was so keyboard heavy, and you know they just seemed so fluff, you know. But I was only introduced to like the American version of White Snake, mm-hmm. and now since doing Decibel Geek, I've gone back and discovered some of that earlier stuff, like the the English White Snake, mm-hmm. and I love that stuff. And now I like nowadays like this album and, and the song "lay Lay Down Your Love" and some of the newer stuff is more throwback to that than yeah. the stuff they were doing in the States that was so popular in the 80s. Yeah. I got a whole new appreciation for that band. That's a good, that's
3: that a good point. It's a really good point. And um, to add to your point, any of these bands, they all came out with certain ballads and certain things that were popular. I hated all of it. I, I just liked their heavier stuff. Yeah. So in the Jason playlist, not just theirs, but any of the ballads and the, and the softer stuff that were popular didn't, you know, it's not on my mm-hmm. playlist.
1: Gotcha. I know what you mean.
2: Same here. <laughs> yeah, I'm the I Just
3: guy. like the rocks. <laughs> That's right. Crank it up.
2: Cool. So, and then your your next pick also doesn't really need much introduction. You've got Deep Purple.
3: Well, again, same idea. Uh, exactly same idea. Dio Whitesnake, you know, the Deep Purple, Uriah Heep, type stuff from the early 70s that graduated, but this particular song Ian Gillan sounds phenomenal the, the wail of that organ in the beginning. Mm-hmm. This was one of those songs that got me cranked up uh, to compete when I was in, in matches, the perfect stranger song.
1: I could totally see it, why it's,
3: just, it's like, you know, you know, that, that cool slow motion walk in the beginning and then the smoke comes and then you could figure that you're, you know, you're on the mat and you're throwing guys to, to uh, this particular song. So I thought this represented, you know, who I am. And then, and then obviously the, the genre of the purple thing. Not quite, you know. It's not smoke on the water because it's '80s. But I me personally, I kind of lean toward more of the '80s fuller sound. Mm-hmm. If you know what I mean, you know the '70s sound with the you know sweet and Moxie and 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 even Zeppelin. The '80s Quiet Riot and White Snake and it had a little fuller. I I don't know how they did it musically, but it was like. You know,
2: filled up your headphones. Yeah, like right. That really big production that the '80s had.
1: Sure. The oh, that's it. Era of Michael you, Wagner you and guys like that.
2: Yeah. And and to be clear, that song has nothing to do with Balky or Cousin Larry. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> Only you, Chris. I know. I'm I've got to inject a stupid joke in sometime.
1: <laughs> well, before we get any further, I mean, we're getting towards the end, and every pick so far has been awesome from Jason. And I love it that – I love the concept of the six songs thing because we bring in a guy like Jason who's you know achieved all these other things outside the realm of rock and metal, but he's a fan just like us, so it's cool. To give him the opportunity to turn us on to stuff. Mm -hmm. And with that, of course, as we always tell you, you know, if you like Hardline, if you like the Dio song, if you're introduced to Ed Guy or never heard that White Snake song before or don't have the Deep Purple in your collection, you know, go out there and buy these albums, you know, whether it's CDs, whether it's downloads, whether it's LPs, Mm -hmm. however you take your music get out there and support these bands because otherwise it's pretty pointless to have Jason on here spending all this time turning you on to all this great music if you don't then do your part to get out there and support it like we do so that this music stays alive and hopefully one day we can bring it back to the prominence it once had, you know, back in the glory days like we're talking about here today. So get out there and support these bands and artists, please.
2: Yeah, it's very important.
3: You know, you guys saying exactly that is exactly why I wa- I, I watch these podcasts and listen to these, listen to guys like you, and promote this stuff myself. The selfish reason because uh, I'm, I do this, I do exactly that. You know, I picked up a, a few new bands from from you guys and others, and I go right out and buy the CD because I want it myself. I want this right. stuff to live. There's not a ton of it, and it's certainly not in the mainstream. But every time you see a, a, a commercial or anything, there's never, never our genre represented ever.
2: No. Mm-hmm. Although that's D- so anyway, that's how uh, with you guys. On a side tangent, it is an interesting argument that D Snyder actually brought up the other week and when the Super Bowl was going on. You know, because the Super Bowl every year it's like these pop acts that do the halftime show. And D Snyder made an excellent point. He's like, you know, you guys will use ACDC Queen and Quiet Riot and all this stuff as your pump up music in between like kickoffs right. and stuff. But when it comes to the halftime show, no rock and roll ever. What is that about? Yeah, that's strange. You know, it's good enough for it during the game, but not a, not, not good enough for the middle of the game. It's just, it's stupid. It's just, oh, yeah. there's some backwards
1: thinking. Cause when you that. go to a football game or a sporting event, you know, you're going to hear the Ozzy. you know, yeah. you're going to hear the Sabbath, the kiss, yep. the Zeppelin, all That's these, what they pick. you know, hard rock bands, the Motley Crew. you know, all these bands, you know, you're going to hear kickstart my heart. Of course. No matter what football game or sporting or event you go to or Thunderstruck, yeah. but then you get the halftime show and, and it's Maroon 5, yeah. you know, but like, like you said, you know, it's a perfect example. You're paying, playing all these great songs that the fans in the stadium are all reacting to, mm-hmm. but you won't bring in ACDC for the halftime show. Why not? It makes no sense. Why not bring in Kiss for the halftime show?
2: That's, they're tailor-made for Twisted it. Twisted Sister, whatever, you know. Yeah. Sorry, I just had to – I wanted to Chris, back up D and rant on that for a minute.
3: No, that's a good rant, Chris, because I saw the same thing and thought the exact same thing. And uh, no offense to Maroon 5 or Maroon 10 or any of these other groups <laughs> that, that they have at the halftime show. But those songs aren't played during the game. Yeah. yeah. During the game, it's always what you said. In between every down, it's Crazy Train, it's Thunderstruck, it's all these bands. Absolutely. I mean, the place, and every time you see a, I'm sorry, I'm ranting too, but every time you see (laughs) one of these uh, American Idol shows or whatever, the people go nuts the most when they randomly out of nowhere, there's a rock and roll thing going Mm on. I saw one of these shows with a, with a, a opera singer, and she sounded phenomenal. And then she was singing her opera, and then she went into Highway to Hell from ACDC, and the place went berserk. Nice. <laughs> so yeah. if people people love that, they love that music.
2: Yeah, it tells you that there's still a hunger for that type of music yeah. out there. It's just the the mainstream tastemakers just still haven't put the spotlight back on it. But you know, you never know; it might turn all the way around again. That's Until right. Until then, you got people like us helping do it. Though. Yeah, because we'll never give up. 100,
3: percent and you said again perfectly correct. The taste makers. I mean, I I know a lot of people that like our music, and you guys know way more than I do. And we're out there. The kids or the younger generations are just are not exposed because of the tastemakers, not because of that the music isn't good. Right. So it's uh, it's frustrating for everybody that like that likes our genre. I mean, there should be a piece of our genre. The same as all. The Taylor Swifts in the country and everything else is out there. There should be, you know, in my opinion, a piece of this stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah, because it's like you said, it's not that there's a shortage of new great rock bands coming out because there's plenty of them. Yeah, there's a bunch. It's just that most people don't get to hear them unless you're seeking it out.
3: Yeah, it's an active thing. Right, and all you podcast guys have said it. I mean, many aren't seeking it out, and they're only you know they listen to what's on the radio. Or they'll see a halftime show, or you know, they don't dig very deep, and it's not their fault. But it, it's what what's in front of them. I mean, when we when we were younger, we didn't dig anything. We we heard what we heard on the on the radio or what our friends had. Right. And you know, you learn you learn to dig, and especially now that it's so so easy to dig if you like something.
1: I guess the difference, like when we had it when we were kids, you all you had to do is walk past the magazine rack at the grocery store, and it's all right there: the
2: crater, <laughs> the metal edge, the mm-hmm. rip you know, all that. Yeah. A lot more available. Awesome. So, um, so we're going to wrap up with your last pick, but before we go into the last pick, uh, do you want to plug your, your coaching or anything?
3: Uh, sure. Um, I can be reached at real judo.net. That's the website of the Jason Morris judo center in upstate New York. We're actually in Glenville. We have produced Olympians from my place. We are one of the top, Places in the entire country to come and train, and it's or if you just want to see my collection of, uh, I got a, I got a lot of rock and roll stuff in my, it's not in the dojo, but it's in the changing rooms and in the bathroom. So if you want to stop by and see all my rock and roll gear, um, come for a visit. That's cool. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Judo center slash rock museum. Yeah, there you go. I like that.
3: Yeah, hundred percent. Cool. Well, I like that... you guys when I when we went to Atlanta, you know mm. the, the place we, we met. I got a whole Vinnie Vincent thing. Ah, uh, forget the Vinnie Vincent thing. That stuff that's going on. You know, I like to keep uh, my memories. You know what what we did, and that this is what like how we met. So right. that was really cool, right? Yeah, it was the, a great weekend that, that event. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, but you know, I had a nice picture made and, and uh, a whole big frame. And he's he's. Uh, it's really not so much him specifically. It's just a neat. It was the event that was super cool, and then right. so I have that in part of my. Uh, <clears throat> in my rock and roll museum
1: <laughs> that's very we should have cool. just had jason kick his butt that day we could have avoided
3: all of this <laughs> i know right
2: <laughs> well jason would probably not be talking to side, us he'd be in a, jail yeah true <laughs> that wouldn't be good that,
3: that's the whole side rant you know this this all that stuff it's, to me you know it's just and i'm sure it is to you all this noise it's noise and noise and noise you know we're fans Look, you're you're not going to ever hear me uh, in some fight or some rift with another coach. We keep it under wraps. Keep it yeah. underneath.
2: Yeah, I agree. It's better to ha- handle that stuff oh in private.
3: <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Anyway, so that that's that's that. Yeah,
2: gotcha. Right. Well, it's and been-
3: that's the thing. No matter
1: how crazy it got after that, it's the fact that we went down there. We had so much fun, and we met Jason. Yeah, you know? we, we met a lot of good cool friends people. with him, and you
2: know, yeah, yeah it had so much fun. Yeah, it was a fun weekend. But uh, so let's wrap it up with your last pick. Um, and this is the one that I've definitely, this is the artist that I was not familiar with. So educate us on this one. Oh, but we listened to it and it's really cool.
3: It rocks, right? Yeah. So that's cool. I'm glad you guys listened to it. So um, th- this is my the favorite pick. Uh, it, this kind of represents the se- kind of a 70s sound. And, you know, it sounds a little little kiss like, but this is the Dan Wasp project. And Dan happens to be a close friend of mine. And he's a local recording artist. And right now, actually, he's he's doing really well. He he wrote a couple books about guns. He's a a gun advocate, but that's moving way ahead ahead. He was a a local recording artist, and I loved his music all the all the way through. And we we were often, you know, me in the judo world and him in the rock world. We had a lot of the same press contacts, a lot of the same uh, trying to promote ourselves. We're the same age, so we spoke. A lot through the years trying to help each other's careers so it was kind of an interesting uh dynamic and i always liked his music i wish he would make a lot more but again i'm just a fan i don't know how i don't know how hard it is to make the music and i don't know why he didn't break big but there's a million bands out there that just rock or just sound great it's a matter of uh a lot of luck a lot of persistence a lot of times where you are Upstate New York is probably not the best place to uh, to break. <laughs> yeah. The cool thing about this song, this is Dan Wasse's, uh He's singing about his son. And he just had, uh, the song is a little older now. His son is like 18. But this is uh, right around when he was maybe two, three years old. And he's talking about, uh, in the song, about making his son proud. So it's kind of a cool uh, message.
2: Awesome. That is very cool. Jason Morris, thank you so much for yeah. coming on. It's been a lot of fun having you this week.
3: Thanks for having me, guys. This was a lot of fun for me.
1: And of course, all these songs are gonna be in the show notes. You guys yep. get out there, check it out. Something brand new, I bet you not a lot of people have heard of. You're gonna get a taste of it right now. So to close us out today on the Decibel Geek Podcast, thank you, Jason Morris, for coming on, and turning us on to so much cool music. This is the Dan Wasp Project with Rock and Roll Star. And we'll see you guys next week. See ya.